Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf IntroCast. We're back, apparently, and where longtime fans and newbies alike come together to talk about the classic, now more, well, it's not really BBC anymore, the Dave sci-fi comedy Red Dwarf. Um, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And our special guest this week... Tim. Hi, Tim. Hello. Well, Tim is yes. You so you have the the uh, great distinction of being the first to come back on our first, I guess, official episode after the spoiler cast that I haven't gotten to listen to yet. So mm-hmm. yay. Um, so Tim, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to Red Dwarf, how you came to the podcast, your hopes, your dreams, and what you're looking for in a romantic partner. Wow, have you got an hour? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Um, well. I've only been listening to this podcast uh, for just over a year. I discovered it um, about a month or so after I went to the the last convention, uh, Dimension Aww. Jump 2015. Awesome. Um, but I listened to the whole thing. Uh, absolutely loved it. Huge fan. So I'm really, you know, happy to be on this show. It's like a dream come true. Um, I've been a fan of Red Dwarf since 1989. So from backwards onwards, which is a phrase a lot of people seem to like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I missed the first two series, so I've watched it from series three onwards and watched them when they were originally on back in the 90s, you know, pretty much grew up with it. Um, I've been to four conventions. I went to the 10th anniversary one in 1998, uh, one in 2000. And then we had the, the big wilderness years gap, you know, between 1999 and 2009 where there was no Red Dwarf. And I thought, well, that's it. There's never going to be another series of Red Dwarf ever again. And I've, I'm so glad I've been so wrong about that. It's one thing in my life I've been happy to be so wrong about. Um, so, of course, you know, we're going now going for this revival since Back to Earth. Um, and as a Red Dwarf fan, to be sitting here in 2016 talking about, you know, Series 11 of Red Dwarf is is something I never thought would ever happen. And I'm so glad it is. You know, it's it's wonderful. Um, and some other dreams have come true regarding Red Dwarf. I finally got to see an episode being recorded. Uh, the first one I got to see was uh, at the beginning series 10 in 2012 and i also managed to get some tickets to see an episode of series 12 which is still unaired so i can't say anything about it lovely um and yeah i'm a huge fan of red dwarf good deal well we are glad to have you on um so this episode though uh Oh, yeah. So so you started listening. And so you were a fan from backwards onwards. And yet you still persevered with us after us smegging backwards. Way yeah, to go. Much, do you know what? I actually, like, I actually I like the fact that you guys have a different perspective on the show. I mean, you, you didn't like things that I liked a lot. You like things that I wasn't so keen on. And then there was sort of middle ground in certain places where I totally agreed with you. And in a way, you kind of you kind of made me see backwards in a different way. It's Aww. no longer one of my favorite episodes. I still like it a lot. Oh, but sorry. It, it, it has yes, dropped I've ruined people's dreams. Because you, point, you pointed out things which I didn't quite realize. It, you are right that it's, that it's dated, but I still like it a lot. So, <laughs> you know, you haven't made me completely dislike it, but my views have slightly changed on it. But for the better. Awesome. Yeah, it's never our intention when we do criticize. It's never our intention to get people not to like stuff that they like. Just sort of, yeah, give our two cents or two pence or whatever you prefer. Um, I, anyway. I'm here to ruin people's dreams. Oh, she to is. Make people feel despair. Yes, all these years now. Uh, so we are back here with Twintica, uh, season XI, episode one, and. 
Okay, I'm not going to keep doing that. We're just going to call it season 11. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got tired of season X and season 10. So, And um, so, Angela and I, we actually watched this on Blu-ray, which was a new experience. And I must say, it looked quite beautiful as far as the uh, – I mean, it seems like they've put a little bit more into the budget in terms of, of production. And no, it's not the most cutting-edge, you know – hyper-realistic sci-fi TV show on, on the air or anything, but I think they found a nice balance between making some really good-looking effects and still keeping some of the uh, some of the old Red Dwarf feel to it. What, what did y'all guys think there? Well, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you say it, look, it looked like it's a bit, bit more money on it, but it they didn't actually spend a lot more than Series 10. They just spent it better. And they also yeah. have... They also had uh, a production company called Baby Cow actually co-producing it, which they didn't have on Series 10. So they had a lot of the right people doing the right things. And already in this first episode, it shows. Um, having said that, yeah, it's not going to look like, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars, but it doesn't need to be because it's Red Dwarf. But exactly. it looks good enough. It looks good enough. And it seemed like uh, it seemed like there was an actual Starbuck model in use for some of those shots. There was indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Which is always nice. Indeed, indeed. Um, in terms of story, uh, so they run into. Let's see. What are they're not calling them replicants now? I'm assuming you want me to give me give you the episode recap. Oh, of course, yeah. But you know, yeah. it's been like it's been like seven years since we've done this. It's so yeah, minute, go yeah. go ahead. Twentica, <laughs> uh, an alternative America where technology, um, it's. Alternative America, where technology is banned, spelled trouble for Rimmer and Croton. Mm. Mm. Good deal. Speaking of dystopian future Americas, uh, we do need to get one thing out of the way, um, just because, it, you know, tis the season for it. And right now, uh, we've just come off a very emotional, we'll say, political season here in the States. And, oh, I don't know, I've heard a couple of things about uh, huge political movements in Britain. I, I, I try not to keep up with these things too terribly much, but I understand some big decision was made or something. And lots of people have lots of feelings, and I assure you we have lots of feelings about the current state of affairs here in the States. Um, that said, we're going to focus on Red Dwarf and really try to let this be a, a politics-free space as much as we can. However, if you would like uh, a bit more on the political side of things, uh, Shane, you you have a, an app for that, yes? I have a I have a podcast for that. I've uh, there's been two episodes of the podcast um, so far. One on the Brit Brit exit, and one on the uh, United States of America election. Uh, they should mm-hmm. both be out by the time this comes out. Um, the podcast is called. Lies in their post-factual world. Ooh, interesting. interesting. And if you there should hear... be an app for it. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my Facebook. And if you want to hear me go on a completely angry rant about Alex Jones, then that'll be the podcast <laughs> for you. All right. Good deal. But yeah, so in general, we're going to really try and and focus on the fun stuff here because that's what we're doing here. And we have enough of the not fun stuff. Because we have Thanksgiving coming up with the family, love. Yep. Woohoo! The family we've been getting into fights on Facebook with. Indeed. So that's that's going to be fun. Um. All right. So uh, what do they call uh, these simulants that show up again? There was a special word for them. Exponoids. Uh, yes, exponoids. Thank you. Yes. 
um, and they are wanting the cask of Amontillado or some such thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literature joke. We are highbrow here, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, they're wanting the time hijinks thing to go into the past and cause some hijinks. Um, Angela, you had a, a complaint about this. We were talking. Okay, not a complaint, but just a, I'm not sure if I'm overthinking it or if they do have things planned or if there's going to be shenanigans. But, okay, so the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. they have a sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing where they're going to do a hostage exchange, and that hostage is Remmer. And Crichton gives three different uh, explanations for the other Remmer, all of which are plausible and have been done to some effect in Red Dwarf so far. So then we get sort of a bootstrap paradox Mm -hmm. where... They do the hostage exchange, but that means that Rimmer was taken hostage. So if he had, if they hadn't have given them the Kronos casket, then he Rimmer never would have been taken hostage in the first place. So, and I feel like I'm opening up some nightmares. <laughs> I'm wondering if we got the same Rimmer back as got sent away right like so, yeah, again the, which rumor are we going to talk about <laughs> the the conundrum here seems to be <laughs> that they could only kidnap rimmer with the aid of the casket but they only got the casket because they already had rimmer so how does that even work so unless hand wavy it's just a show we should just relax or do they have something big planned because sometimes when I think they don't have things big planned, then they do. Now let me stop you right <laughs> there, Angela, and say this is actually Please. filmed last. Okay, that okay. doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it seems, yeah, so probably, I, I'm not thinking that there's going to be a season-long plan here where we reveal that we've had the wrong rumor the whole time, because that's usually not how Doug works. He usually likes to to keep things um, within the episode. But I don't know. I mean, maybe, it does seem like a, an interesting paradox here that I don't quite understand. Unless they had limited time travel capabilities without the casket that we didn't quite pick up on. Well, that was kind just- of my theory. Um, and if, it, if that's not true, then you've just confused my brain completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for the sake of fun, I'm going to go full on conspiracy theory for the yes. rest of the season. All right. That is not the same rumor. He is a collaborator with the simulants of some kind, or there's going to be some kind of something going on. I will figure it out. I will have charts. Nice. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, during this scene here, some negotiations, I noticed that Lister called Rimmer Arn. I'm not well, used he was to hearing doing that. that during the uh, hostage negotiation. Like oh, when he was it... pretending to hostage negotiate, then he was saying, uh, okay. uh, uh, Arn, I'll get you the pad, but you got to work with me here. Okay, maybe that was it. Yeah, I think I just that was thought... the context. I thought maybe they had ditched old Rimsey and we're going to go with Arn from now on. 
Hmm. All right, let's see. Any other thoughts here during the uh, opening gambit up to the space portal time portal? Well, well Starbuck's back. Yeah. 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 Was that Why a is Starbuck back? <laughs> you know, I, I was a fan. I think it was a fan thing, you know. I think people yeah. saying bring Starbuck back. You know, Series Ten we didn't have it. We had Blue Midget. Yeah. And so uh, I know after Series Series Eleven and Twelve were announced, they 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 put out there, oh yeah, Starbuck's coming back, and everyone rejoiced. So Aww. I think it's sort of a fan thing, you know. I don't think there's any explanation, you know, within the Red Dwarf why why they brought back Starbuck. Yeah, I've learned not yeah. to expect it. It's I would torture myself over that. Like, well, how? Where did it go? How did it come back? Where is Blue Midget? Where's is Red Dwarf? What's going on? Nope, not anymore. I'm done with that. I'm just going to assume that they said, you know what? It would be fun if this happened in Starbug, and there's Starbug. Let's see. Fan explanation: That Starbug is actually from an alternate universe <laughs> where they found the crew all dead, and that's going to be where the other Rimmer comes from. Dum, see, he's dum, getting uh... revenge. Oh, and I did enjoy that their muting was basically the uh, Skype mute. Yes. Did you notice that Starbuck is now four walls? It's a four wall set. Mm. I don't notice those things. I mean, I did notice that it, it looked like a more complete, fully realized interior. I didn't really think through the, the, the filming of it or anything, no. It- it feels more claustrophobic than, mm-hmm. than other Starbucks have been. I mean, if you look at uh, what series three to six, it, was, it seemed more spacious. This is all enclosed. I mean, the door at the back is constantly shut, and it mm-hmm. almost feels like you're in a submarine. Mm. People have noted that um, that this new Starbug look it has a quite a blue tint over it, which is you know different. Mm. But I think in series seven, you know, we had the the surrounding walls uh, in Starbug. Um, but this is the first time we've got that when they filmed it in front of an audience rather than, you know, pre-filmed it. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they had to change the bulb to get that uh, blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the blue one, alert bulb. One thing I noticed here, and I don't know if it was just me because I'm used to some of the older series or something, but mm-hmm. um, it seemed like... Crichton was struggling with his accent a little bit. Just at the beginning, he didn't quite sound like Crichton. Just at the beginning, do you say? Yeah, I mean, here and there, it seemed like it, at some points it, it came back into focus, but he yeah. seems to have dropped some of the... Um, you know, he was always very, Oh, sir, I think that... Da, 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 but he seems to be playing yeah. it a bit more straight, a bit more natural now. Uh, but He sounds more like a bit like himself rather than Crichton. Yeah, he's a little less unctuous, maybe. Yes, yes, that's a good. That's mm-hmm. maybe the good word for it. No, it's interesting you say that because, of course, this was film six. Mm-hmm. Of six. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it would be interesting to find see if if you actually in, in next week's episode that you find the same thing. Maybe so. Yeah, and maybe I just you know, I'm not used to. I don't know, maybe I needed to do like a run through of the series and, and uh, maybe I'm just imagining things. It just it sounded a hair off to me. But, you know, I, I totally get how that would happen. That happens with actors like Billy Piper, when they brought her back on Doctor Who, had to relearn her awesome street tough accent um, <laughs> to be wrote. Uh, yeah. So 
Uh, I also noticed it may be just because of the Blu-ray, and that was a show that maybe never wanted to be on Blu-ray. Crichton's makeup is a little off. Like, you can sort of tell he's an aging human. It's always it's always varied from season to season, but yeah. yeah. Let me stop you right there and then. You say you have the Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I told uh, told you he last night on uh, <laughs> Facebook chat. Um, the problem over here. Uh, the the season eleven steel book Blu-ray that's going to be released tomorrow, Monday. Uh, accidentally has the season 12 episode totals on it. Oh no! Whoops. Yeah, we didn't so, get the Steelbook Blu-ray. Yeah, we got the very basic plastic box bare bones Blu-ray. Yeah. So there goes the big reveal. Some of us already know him. <laughs> episode 1, everybody is dead again. <laughs> the good news, the good news is the titles are extremely vague, so it doesn't give anything away. <laughs> But I have been able to work out which is most likely the episode I saw, so I'm kind of happy about that, because at least I know which one it is. <laughs> episode 2 is titled, Hey, Both Hollies Are Back. Wow, what? How did that even happen? No. Episode 3 is titled, Rimmer and Lister Finally Get Married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> episode 4 is titled, Rimmer and Lister Get Divorced and Lister Marries Kachansky, and then Divorces Kachansky and Remarries Rimmer. It's a very vague title. I have no idea what's going to happen. Hey, hey, be careful what you wish for, eh? Yeah. Actually, that is one of my, of course, you know me. I've always been interested in, in the Hollies. I've always been interested in the whole Kachansky plot line that, because I liked her a lot more than I think the general fandom does, and that's cool. But I, I've always wondered if they were going to bring her back. I'm I'm not hoping, but it would be a nice welcome surprise. And, and I've really... I had to work very hard not to get onto any media that talked about <laughs> Red Dwarf, because I know if there were a Holly or Kachansky appearance, it would have been one of the first things to pop up on any fan site. So I have media blacked out myself as best as possible. I do miss Hilly Holly. Yes. <sighs> anyway. Good times. They weren't in this episode. <laughs> so... Let's see. Uh, we have the Exponoids doing going back in time. So they go back in time, and we end up in the most bizarre Earth ever, the 1950s slash 1920s technology pseudo-steampunk flapper Earth. Yeah. Interesting stuff. That was pretty good. Yeah, what do you think, what do you think of the set? Well, I was going to ask where they filmed. Was it some kind of backlot, or...? No, if the Main Street set was actually done on a pre-record mm-hmm. and it was actually based where the audience are usually. Oh, interesting. Hmm. They did a pretty good job of, of, of dressing up the set. Cause I thought they just snuck onto some kind of uh back lot or some kind of already standing set. No, they did want to. They actually did want to film on location, but for some reason they decided not to. Money. Well, I think it's absolutely amazing what they did because <laughs> yeah, they worked. built yeah. the set, they yeah. filmed it, and then they took it down and then put the audience seating in for the Friday or Saturday when they filmed it uh-huh. during the same week. That is that is amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it it looked like a set. Like, I didn't yeah. think, but, I mean, as far as I love the background, there was a lot of detail, the stores and the names of the stores and the way the buildings looked and everything. Like, I, I thought they put a lot of effort into it, and it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It made an interesting little world there for us to look at. Mm. So I enjoyed the costume design quite a mm. bit. Yes. Yeah. I I thought they were all sharp looking. And in fact, um, when we were watching the opening credits, which that's something you didn't do, Heath, you usually do a commentary on the opening credits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did watch through the opening credits. And I I kind of feel like since we see lots of cloney things shooting each other and Lister fighting a pineapple, that we might have yet another polymorph action coming up. But I'm not sure. We'll see. But, of course, immediately I was like, are they going to go to Gangster World? And, yes, they did. Steampunk science Gangster World. And they all looked good, but Danny John Jules always looks oh. best in anything he wears. Yes, he does. Oh, he's so pretty. And he got to tap dance. Yes, he did. I was excited by that. Yeah. He was trying to show his skills where he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there was one thing I, I'm sure I thought you were going to mention, but I'm not going to say anything because just in case you didn't mention it. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, the uh, uh, Crichton nipple joke. No, in the opening credits. Oh, the opening credits. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've only I've only actually watched through the opening credits twice. I'm sure more will pop up on repeat viewings, but I'm I'm trying not to to, you know get ahead of myself here. I want to watch this thing as it unfolds. Um, so, yeah. Let's just write pineapple. But, yeah, I, I did forget the uh, yet another hilarious Crichton nipple joke. You have to have that yes, every season. Yes, Isn't this the first time we see them? Every season. Uh, no, I think there's been some before, haven't there? Uh, they've been used as, what, radio dials, maybe? Well, they've talked about them. I don't think we've ever actually seen them before. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking of, is the, the jokes. Um, well, I feel traumatized after uh, seeing the toaster beaten up. Uh, I feel like Toaster writes, Talky Toaster should have been intervening <laughs> and standing up for the rights. Does anybody want any toast? <laughs> what about bagels, muffins, bread or pastry of any kind? Yeah. No, I don't. Talky toasters matter too. No, you're a waffle man. <laughs> I love that they're still using uh, language like dynamo to to talk about Crichton's technology. <laughs> Very 1950s sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I like the scripting a lot. I like the, um, and I like that they got an actual American actress to uh, play the um, scientist. Oh, what's her name? Yes, the the, the main scientist, Harmony. Harmony yeah. de And not an English actress yeah. struggling as much as she can through yeah. the American oh, accent. I think it would have been fine either way. The the campy nineteen twenties flapper accent is is so far removed from anything that's spoken today i think a british actor would have had a, as good a shot at it with, with as an american but um but she was good anyway i liked her did you recognize uh big bang barrel nope i did not she was pretty 
Oh, okay. That's been a while, but yeah. Rebe- Rebecca Beckstone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll have to watch that next time when I rewatch this. I'll no, be honest. I, was not I, did not no- I did not notice until I was told either. So yeah, it, nor did I. Noticeable. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pre was in like weird makeup. Wasn't she? Well, yeah. And she, all yeah, her hair was slipped back. So. Yeah. yeah. They were doing a very almost seven of nine thing with her. Although, but actually, speak, speaking of, um, it seemed like these particular uh, brand of replicants, they've just, they've always nodded at, at the Borg, but now they're just going all out and making jokes about the numbers. And I think these are the most Borgish of the replicants that we've had. Well, that's just not the question off my list. What's that? Uh, I was going to, I was going to ask, do you think <laughs> these were inspired by the Borg? Oh Yeah. I mean, they've done that in the past, though. The replicants here and there and the way that they look like, you know, sticking on kitchen implements to their costume and everything yeah. to be robot. Yeah. But I think these, especially with the, the iconic Locutus of Borg, um, Locutus of Borg uh, red light on the temple there, I think it's pretty clear homage. So much so that Patrick Stewart is finally going to sue. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get on the phone to his lawyer. Yep. This is simply not funny anymore. I, I cannot abide it. <laughs> that lawyer's been waiting since 1993 <laughs> for that call. <laughs> we must throw the line here, this far, no farther. <laughs> I will make them pay for what It hasn't died. been funny since Gumbler the Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> then, you um, take, then you take his phaser rifle and smash the models of Starbuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he broke his little ships. <laughs> Oh, oh no! They they randomly explode and lose enough models in Red Dwarf. We don't need that. Now, um, Heath, you were looking up all of the um, scientific uh, jargon and scientific theories that Harmony was rattling off as she was trying to entice. Yes, with my limited <laughs> knowledge, I was I was trying to at least get a Wikipedia understanding of all the things that she was saying. And yeah, they were all quite topical and very good sciencey jokes. Um, the, the double slit test is indeed what revealed the nature of, uh, the both particle slash wave nature of light. And, and so, yeah, she was, it was all, uh, not just your usual sci-fi jargon. It was the real stuff. Impressive. They were very hard lines to say. I I imagine so. She must've. She did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not only rattling off all that science mumbo jumbo but like in a 1920s flapper accent with that ridiculous outfit on and trying to sound enticing at the same time yeah she made that episode in a lot of ways well yeah in the the set reports people were saying oh the guest cast stand out in 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 this episode Mm -hmm. and you can see why to a certain effect now the female police officer who comes in to arrest them, I could not keep my eyes off her through the second viewing because it's like she's not sure what she's supposed to be doing. Like, granted, she has to be in the scene and be on screen for a long time without actually doing anything except pointing a gun. 
She's but just sort some... of half grinning the whole time. Yeah, she's half grinning, or she's trying to react like she's on the side of the exponoids, or like sometimes she's almost about to break, and it was like watching a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> I wanted to take her by the hand and say, oh, honey, it's okay. You, you can just slide off the screen for a little bit. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hungry for fame. Hungry for fame. Yes. But no, they didn't give her anything to do, and so she didn't know what to do. Your job is to stand here in the background. Uh, okay. In the middle um, of the screen, the, yes. while people are talking, so people have to look at you. <laughs> Let's see. I'm glad but I'm yeah. not the only one who's noticed that. Because <laughs> I, yeah, every time, every year I've watched that episode, so I've watched it about six times, and you, you just can't help but not focus on it. Because she's always reacting in the background. Yeah, but, like, not well. And I don't really blame her, because that's very hard to do. It's very hard to be a background character and appear natural, but... Yeah, background acting is a, is a beautiful art. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I love, like I said, oh, yeah, I love the look of Danny John Jules when he's threatening the doorman with... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, Shane, were you about to say something? I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Did you notice the wig on Chris Barry? No, nope. I, I did not. It's a wig. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been quite a bit. I, I knew that. I mean, he. I sort of assumed that he had been using a hairpiece for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This like, is real hair. Okay. Real hair. <laughs> no, I don't know. There was actually. Uh, I am quite because the DVD, the DVD Blu-ray. And DVD and Blu-ray comes out tomorrow. But one of the major um, issues, again, like the uh, Blu-ray Steel Book, has mm-hmm. the wrong episodes titles. They accidentally released the uh, DVD uh, on iTunes and Google Play two weeks early. <laughs> Whoops. They took them down within 24 hours, but luckily I was able to grab it. <laughs> Hey, don't admit that. You're a, you're a <laughs> criminal now. No, I, 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 Living I, on the edge. I legally, I legally paid for it. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, there, there is actually a great little thing in there actually that shows the makeup job. Okay. Well, that's always the problem with making characters who aren't supposed to age. Like Dana, and then, the vampires. Yes, and then having human actors play them forever because not everyone can be like Danny John Jules. Not everyone can just <laughs> not age ever. I think occasionally Danny John Jules tracks down another dancer and beheads him and receives the quickening. <laughs> and eventually there will only be Danny John Jules. There can be yep. only one. Yeah. And I was also going to ask is that the fact that the episode goes straight into it. Mm. You know, there's, there's no season 10. Um, like I said, I've come not to expect it. I, I'm somebody, and I love continuity between episodes, between seasons, between storylines. Um, Red Dwarf, it, that's not been a priority in the show. Occasionally they will, if it suits their purposes. But generally, you can watch episodes out of order without well, much consequence, and that's no, I, fine. I wasn't meaning the continuity. I was actually meaning the pacing of the episode. Yeah. 
the fact that in season 10 it seemed to be, take a much slower pace. But in this oh. episode, in this episode, we went straight into the story within within 10 within within what two minutes we had the stimulus ship on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, true. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Trojan it opens with a pig race, nothing to do with the plot, and then it, you know, in uh, Twentica opens with the story, the plot. Yeah. Straight in, no messing about. That is it. Yeah, I thought you meant that they they didn't reference what had happened in ten, but yeah. That, yeah, that is a little different. Now, these stimulants are simulants who uh, carry around a lot of coffee and, Red and Bull. drink a lot of coffee and Red Bull. And I, for one, can get behind those kind of simulants. Yes, they're my favorite. Um, this One thing that I really loved uh, in their little world building here for their alternate history of uh, non-technology Earth... Um, Let's see. The scientist, she said something about nobody's exactly rah-rah about getting sent to Old Steamy, which, you know, the nickname for the electric chair was always Old Sparky, but now I guess it's <laughs> steam-powered. <laughs> yes. Um, and then she says uh, the scientists are just, just the bums and palookas who fell apart because they couldn't practice science, which is interesting because palooka traditionally is a term for a down-and-out boxer because – uh, a lot of Polish immigrants went into that and et cetera, and, and it became sort of a, a pejorative and, and a, you know, a mildly racist one as well. But in this one, it makes sense because a lot of European scientists fled Poland for the States because of, you know, things that were going on. And so it, it could apply just as well that Palooka would come to mean burnt out scientist um, instead of boxer or fighter. I like it. I just thought it was a neat, t- a neat touch. I love when people really think through the possible implications of, you know, the whole domino theory of history here. Okay, well, we don't have this technology, so how does society develop around it? Yeah. I I really liked also them using the uh, mechanisms of an alcohol speakeasy to yes. change it from a science lab to an alcohol speakeasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the set design there was quite a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. Uh, actually, going back to the documentary, actually, mm. uh, when Robert Llewellyn was reading the script, uh, he actually actually um, said uh, uh, the fact that, you know, it's a science speakeasy actually made him what about laughing. Mhm. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was cute, and I liked that whole scene of, <laughs> and of course, Rimmer being like, "Oh, let's let's do something. Everyone do something," and does like the most awkwardish dance ever. Yeah. And then Lister sort of, kind of joining in with the awkward dance. <laughs> that was great. Yes. Although, speaking of background acting, the trumpet playing and clarinet playing were really, really bad. <laughs> and again, I know it's not, but I, I play trumpet, and I'm just always amazed at how poorly people mimic <laughs> playing the trumpet in movies. It can't be that hard to find somebody that was in junior high band that can at least make a decent show of it, you know? <laughs> We must do a special video episode. 
Mm, no. <laughs> I don't want anyone to look at me while I'm podcasting. <laughs> no, 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 I, oh, no, I was just meaning Keith playing the trumpet. I started picking it up again. I It's been years, but I, I decided uh, I bought a, uh, a cornet just to noodle around on here at the house, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. So back to the plot, I suppose. Um, they find not Einstein with his pram theory. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he puts together the potatoes while the cops come and some very, very gun happy cops. I notice. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 1920s in America. Thank yeah. goodness that that's not the case today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, no politics, no politics. Moving yep. on. Um, Almost. Yes, yes. And I didn't bring actually, it up either. Yes. Well, I actually am very encouraged because I do hear about um, some American police departments are actually traveling to, like, England and, and Scotland to talk about community policing and, you know, non-fatal solutions uh, to stopping crime. And I think that's that's a very good thing. Some good intercultural discussion going on there. Yes. But here in the steampunk 1950s non-technology, then we still have guns and Tommy guns. Shooting people in the back as they run away. (laughs) Oh, and though Lister stepping up, being the hero. Yeah, he does. Mm. Mm -hmm. Not on my watch, except, well... He's not going to let those crypto-fascists... Uh, oh, also a nice touch. They're still using uh, centigrade instead of Celsius, as it's uh, usually done. Is centigrade still used in the UK? At all? I mean, I know Celsius is, but is is the term yeah. centigrade instead of Celsius used? I thought it was for science. Like that's that's the temperature most likely used for science. Well, yeah, I know, but Celsius and it's the same thing. But yeah. I thought I thought that centigrade was a bit of an outdated term for it. I thought it was all Celsius nowadays. Well, mm. I, I, I always say it depends how old you are. You know, like my, my parents and my grandparents would always say centigrade, but I was taught yeah. at school Celsius. So, so I think my generation, my generation kind of says Celsius, but people still would say centigrade as well. As well. Okay, good. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, is that since it's the older term, it was good that they were using it. The I had a teacher once come and start saying Fahrenheit, confused everybody. Oh, no. Who would use that crazy system? I know. The weather. Right? Actually, the weather guys, I think, yeah. used, I don't know if they still do, but they, 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 have, they have still used it over here. Well, Shane, yeah. Shane didn't you tell us that uh, you switch back and forth? I you do, yes. Fahrenheit if yeah, I do. you yes, wanted to yeah. make it sound really hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want it to sound really cold, use Celsius, but... If it's 98 degrees Fahrenheit, just go for it. Yep. <laughs> it is 70 degrees Fahrenheit here. Yes. Yay. November. It was, it was 90 degrees in October. We were yep. having summer weather, like American sun, not, not your 70 degree summer weather over there that was awesome, but the 90 degree summer weather we were still having in late October. I was, I was very sad. I, I feel cheated as a fall. Mm. We get well, no fall. You'll get snow before uh, before the year's out. <laughs> we get no snow. 
It's very unlikely. We get no snow here. Yeah. <coughs> we'll have an ice, ice storm, mm. but no snow. I was actually going to um, uh, ask you, uh, did you recognize the lead exponoid? I did not. Well, he, I, he, I thought that he looked like somebody. Um, oh, goodness, what's the actor's name? He looked yeah. like somebody. You know, he was this guy. He had a face. Uh, no. Um, He's <laughs> just this guy, you know? Love, what's the Saturday Night Live actor's name that's done the funny voices and helped voice BB-8? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to It's probably her. not him. I know it's not him. Um, voice of BB-8. Bill Hader. I thought he looked a little like Bill Hader. I know it's not, but I just thought that. Uh, it's Kevin Elton. Okay, who's that? Uh, you'll probably recognize him uh, in um, Hot Fuzz. In fact. Oh. Which one yeah, is he? Uh, Sergeant Tony Fisher. Oh, yeah. One, yeah, the sort of, he appears kind of dumb, plays, uh, sorry, wears glasses. Yeah, he's the, the one that's, yeah. that's like supposed to be in charge, but does just does everything that Nick tells him to. Or that, not Nick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But yeah, when when uh, Simon Pegg is like, okay, we need to set out a perimeter 200 yards and both or meters in both directions, and this sign and this, and he's like, I'm in charge here, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. and then he, yeah. Yeah, behind all that makeup, there was no way that I could pass. Yeah. But he's been in a lot of sort of uh, shows and and stuff involving Simon Pegg and that sort of you yeah. know group yeah. of people. Charlie Brooker as well. I need to get back to watching um, uh, Spaced. Spaced. Mm. Watched a few apps. Over here, Kevin Eldon was in a, a sketch show in the early 2000s that was called uh, Big Train. Mm. And it was written by the same guys who wrote Father Ted. Very bizarre sketch show, really sort of off the wall. And mm. not a lot of people remember it's got a sort of cult following, but... He's known over here for having a sort of British comedy cult following. So cool. anyone who knows those shows and sees Kevin Eldon go, oh, my God, it's Kevin Eldon. And seeing him in Red Dwarf is, uh, for me, quite a surprise, but a pleasant one. Nice. So he's just one of those guys, you know? Yeah. He's one of those guys <laughs> who turns up and stuff. Yeah. 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 The character actor types that, yeah, he's in Absolutely. everything. I love that. Yeah. Um, OK, so any last notes? Uh, yeah, the ending. Yeah, Crichton uh, takes back the uh, Kronos thing, and so we may be getting some more time travel hijinks throughout the season, I believe, is the is the implication there. Or they might just prop up the pool table. They might. Yes. They might. Or Crichton, Crichton should have kept that chain because it made some really sweet swag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... the- I wanted to actually know what you think of the the actual ending scene between Croton and Lister. I almost felt like they were they were about to use Lister's term taking this meg there because the whole time they were talking about um, using dumb old cliches and hackneyed tropes, mm-hmm. and so ending the episode with "I've learned something today, guys." It's important <laughs> that we. You know, it, I that's that's kind of how I the took South it. South Park ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned an important lesson. What have we learned today? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you didn't feel it was tacked on then? I guess I didn't, I didn't really know that it felt 
tacked on so much as the like they were sort of making fun of a trope. I, and you're I, leading us somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, so you're, I'm, you're I'm, leading I'm, us, but I don't know where we're going. It was actually filmed as part of season twelve. Oh. Huh. Okay. And they just needed an extra seventeen seconds on the episode. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of it's kind of strange because to me it does feel tacked on in the way that yeah. the way it cuts between the two scenes. You know, you, um, they escape and you see Starbuck going off. Mm-hmm. And it's all quite exciting, and then suddenly it just cuts to Red Dwarf, which we see for the first time in the episode, mm-hmm. and then you hear the familiar Red Dwarf theme over the top, and then suddenly that um, pacing is just suddenly cut, and then we go to this sort of scene which is almost completely opposite to how the episode ran. Yeah. There, there will be throughout this season, and I'll see if I can point them out to you as we go, but either reshoots or added scenes that are filmed as part of season 12 but are, are in these season 11 episodes. I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, I didn't think it was weird because sometimes Red Dwarf just has not great transitions or pacing. Like, especially at the beginning and the end of episodes. Yeah. Like, it feels yeah. like they their strongest bits are in the middle. And how they get there and how they end up, they don't care about as much. Yeah, and, you know, they're sort of famous for um, writing the script as it's being filmed. And so, yeah, it's not like they have... You know, we're not looking at uh, oh, what's at Arrested Development where there's yeah. <laughs> jokes in the first season that turn out to be in jokes revealed three years later or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's very, and that's fine because the sort of humor that they go for is is very in the moment, spur of the moment, and and that's what they're good at. So I'm, yeah, when when something seems like it might ness be a little bit out of place, I'm never really surprised. Yeah, I, I just thought, oh, they might have had another idea, and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that actually reminds me, actually, of what the cast talked about on the new Starbug. Actually, they mm. they were happy that Starbug Starbug was back. However, as cast members, they weren't too happy about the fact of the redesign of Starbug, Starbug mm-hmm. because they had no space to put to, have to hide their scripts anywhere. <laughs> uh, what they have to memorize their lines? What? No. Yeah. Nice. But they have all of those view screens. What do they think they're for? <laughs> oh. Hey, it worked an out of time, didn't it? Yes, it did. <laughs> it did. They're actually typing right. the script while they were doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought overall it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see where the season goes, uh, what the big... The big stories are there, but uh, I thought this one was was a good little self-contained encapsulated story and and, uh, got some good laughs out of it. And it was good to see the old gang back. But any other thoughts on the episode? Not the episode, no. Uh, However, the game. Oh, okay. Yes, let's talk about the game. We didn't know about this one, Angela. What? Huh? Yeah. There's a, there's a game available on the Android and iOS systems of Red Wolf 11. Oh, okay. At a very reasonable price, I think it's £1.99. Mm. 
And every uh, segment of the game is one episode mm. um, of mm. the series. So we've got so you, so there's been two as of recording of this episode. There's been two um, episode, uh, updates have been released. Uh, obviously the um, one for this episode and one for next episode. Mm. So what kind of game is it? Is it like? A story, choose your own adventure kind of thing, or is it uh, a shooter, or <coughs> wandering around gathering things? Uh, all of the above. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, first of all, the very first level is actually it takes place outside the episode. Mm-hmm. And the first episode, the first level of the game, is actually them finding the um, artifact. On board ship. Mm-hmm. You know the artifact that the Simlins wanted? Yeah, the Kronos thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first episode, sort of the first level, is actually them finding the derelict ship. And okay. You've to, and you've got to scan the uh, ship. And then the second episode, the second level is um, Rimmer being on the Stimulants ship and he's got to fight his way through Stimulants. Neat. Yeah, we're probably going to just stay away from that until we're done recording these episodes, just in case we don't want to get to, uh, in case this throw in some in-jokes or spoiler-type things in there, but it does sound interesting. So. Uh, there's also a driving um, level as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, where the, the gang are trying to get to the club. Mm-hmm. And there's also a um, quiz um, level as well, where you're trying to get into the club when you've got to answer all these multiple choice questions. Hmm. Neat. Well, I yeah. thought we got in because of Uncle Joe. <laughs> Good old Uncle Joe. Indeed, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. It's, all it's right. Probably a, it's probably a cheat where you uh, you get cat to talk the way in properly. Yes. Just that look. <laughs> well, let's see. Um... I guess we do we have any feedback we have a ton of feedback okay Alrighty. let's get the fache book fired up uh we have an email from phil baker and he writes the new episode was long awaited and for me it didn't disappoint i didn't laugh out loud much if at all but i put this down to watching alone on a phone on 2006 in general there's always zips along a sprightly pace for me and all the really good stuff is, that they, is in the Lady Be Good club scene. Yes. Uh, it gives us some black lines and such a quote which we won't use. Uh, but yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Phil. Cool beans. And then on the Facebook, let's see, it looks like we will start with Ewan, who says... An enjoyable first episode of Series 11, great production values, and very fast-moving. My favorite part was the Dwarfers' attempts to blend in at the club, yes. And then some weird guy, Tim. Who's... Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. Hey, Tim, you want to read Tim's feedback? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay, so this is from a guy called Tim Shaw. Never heard of him. Okay, um, this may be a hackney old cliché. But Twenska opens series 11 with a bang. 
Following on from the action-packed episode that was the beginning, this continues in the same vein with an opening that gets straight into the story and action. Immediately, we are introduced to the Exponoids and the Rimmer Time Hostage concept. I like this approach. It got my interest straight away. A few minutes into the episode, I already had a smile on my face and was laughing out loud. Always a good sign. We see a welcome return of Starbug and the classic configuration of the crew. Already you notice that the series looks smarter and more expensive than Series 10 and suggests that this is going to be a bigger series in terms of scale. This is certainly true with the American Street set. Also, with the guys dressing up in period clothes, it felt very reminiscent of Series 6 and 7. The guest cast were excellent in this episode, notably Kevin Eldon, a British comedy cult legend, Lucy Pohl as Harmony de Gautier, who had some of the best and most complicated lines. Nice to see Rebecca Blackstone again as Big Bang Beryl. And David Stem was hilarious as I need the whiny Bob the Bum. Twentica shows Red Dwarf being adventurous again, expanding out beyond the ship itself. From this episode alone, I was confident that we were in for a series leaps and bounds ahead of ten, while still maintaining the comedy. Nobody said we couldn't have a little fun along the way. All right. And then, um, uh, yeah. Sam Hyland says, a decent episode, though I'm not sure the end scene of, uh, on Red Dwarf was really needed. Uh, the Exponoids were good villains, though. Did they really need to introduce someone whose last name was Bum for the joke to work? Huh? Wait, what? Explain this to me. I am confused. I'm missing something. I think there may be... So, yeah, Bob the Bum, but so just just to be clear in um, American parlance, bum is the term one might use for uh, someone that's homeless and living on the street. Yeah, Uh, I know bum is a different thing in the UK. So maybe but I didn't understand. Was his name bum? I thought they were just calling him Bob the Bum because he was a bum. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, there may have been a translation thing there. Yeah. Which yeah, it's so, so cool, Sam. well, obviously, bum can mean you know you're behind over here. It yeah. can also mean like like uh, Lister said in Justice, somebody who just sits around being lazy all day. But I pretty much took it as somebody who was homeless because yeah. Yeah, of the context. Yeah. If they made a bum joke, I didn't catch it. Yeah. Cool beans. But yeah, I, I do agree that I liked uh, I liked the Exponoids. They were cool, and I loved the the little fight they were getting into over uh, uh, making fun of each other behind their back. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, All right. so should we rig this thing? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, uh, what I know that we always make up our scales, but it was out of what five or ten? Ten. 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 Okay, got it. Okay, someone else go then. Okay, I quite enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a fun beginning to the series, and it didn't get all lost in trying to do continuity kerfluffle, even though I do have a conspiracy theory. So um, I'm going to give it uh, eight out of ten. Um Probably completely unfounded conspiracy theories involving Rimmer. Nice. Tim? 
Yeah, I think it's a very good, solid opening episode for Series 11. Uh, it, gets, it gets our interest straight away. We get right into it. And, we, you know, we have a feel of what we're going to be in for for the rest of the series. I'm happy with it. I'm, I never get bored of this episode. So I'm going to give it a nice 8 out of 10 hackneyed old cliches. Nice. Um, I will give it... Uh, I, I, I thought it was good. I thought the comedy was there. I thought everybody was on point. Um, it didn't have any of the... No, that's not true. I don't want to say it that way. There, there's things that I like about other types of episodes that weren't really in this one. I think this one was a very straight... Basic episode, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that it didn't um, didn't do as much of the weird sci-fi stuff or the whole inner character stuff that I I tend to enjoy more. So um, I'm I'm going to leave a little bit of room for for growth here and say seven and a half out of ten um, mysteriously filled Erlenmeyer flasks. I cast my turn. Um, this is actually quite difficult for me, for the for the podcast. I mean, because yep. this is actually the well, this is the closest we've ever reviewed an episode to this air date. Mm. You don't have the perspective. That <laughs> so, yeah. So no yeah. silver survey to crib from. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Got to go out on your own. Got to make a judgment. Yeah, so um, I'm going to give it my ratings when I first watched it only, what, what, what now, uh, seven, nine, ten weeks ago. Um, I thought it was a really, really good episode. I mean, I was, my interest was held throughout. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to have to give this um, um Probably 8 out of 10, only the whinies. All right. So, yeah, it looks uh, like we've settled all very closely to 8. I gave it a little less than that, but just because I, I, I feel like there's there's even better ones coming, and I don't want to I don't want to start too high. Can I so. just say, as a disclaimer, um, all my opinions on this episode are correct at the time of recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. No controversies started here. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, and that brings us to quotes. So do we have some quotes from the episode that we would like to share? Loads. Okay. Well, guests, I think, typically uh, go first, Tim. So have at it. Okay. Um, you said you were a highborn, a droid of distinction. A real big spender. <laughs> yeah. Love? Okay. Can do it. <clears throat> so, uh, you want to grab a drink first, or you want to get somewhere quiet to discuss relatively, relativity? For an extra ten, I'll do you both. Uh, general and specific. No, that's, that's not why I'm here. You into electrons? If that's what pings your microwave... You want to watch me do the double slit test and experience the probabilistic nature of quantum mechanics? What? No? Uh, every every guy likes particles that turn into waves, right? Uh, maybe you're more into the mood for some Copenhagen inter- interpretation. Okay, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm getting tired. <laughs> Let's see. I've got one if you don't mind. 
Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, how dense do you think I am? Well, that's easy. Just uh, multiply your uh, volume by your mass. Nice. nice. I, I got a good a good chuckle out of that one. Uh, that's probably see. the that's probably the best line I think. It was a pretty good one. Uh, let's see. Americans love the English accent, so that rules out this <laughs> They're particularly impressed by people who say whom a lot. I bid you good evening, stout fellow. My companions, whom stand before you, require information about a personage to whom I understand frequents your establishment and who goes by the name Harmony de Gautier. Are whom acquainted with said lady? Yeah, love that. He, he actually used whom correctly once. Yes. And exactly once. Yes. <laughs> one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another one. Hit it. Hey, what the hell happened to your face? Who, me? I went bobbing for apples in a cement mixer. Nice. <laughs> love, did you have any more? Yes. Um... Uh, let's see. Uh, so much better than that other droid. What was his name? Did someone say my name? Uh, so you're three of 63. Nice. He was slagging you off behind your back. <laughs> oh, no. Remember when we were going through a bad patch? I, I just loved how sheepish he looked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just leave it. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Shane, did you have another? I don't know. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, my ones have already been taken. Oh, Aww. let's see. I had, um, let's see. Why do you always ask him if he's got any theories? I'm acting, standing, commanding, senior, premier <laughs> officer. Why do you never ask me? Maybe I've got a theory. Maybe I've got a really great theory, but you're always too busy asking him to find out what how great my theory really is. Okay. Any theories, Rimmer? No, it's the principle. <laughs> So we meet again. You really don't mind hackney old cliches, do you? You know we're not really so different, you and I. Now you're taking a smeg. I loved that one too. Uh, That's him there. I cracked. Sorry, guys. I tried to say strong, but he broke me. Not made of concrete. Oh, cat. Oh. And, you know, I, I love that they got him to, to do a quick tap there. I would not mind another big production number with, with Danny John Jules this season. If if they have that in the works, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't have any bad CGI things. Yeah, no no CGI dancing. dancing ships required, but just uh, you know, a nice let him letting him show off a bit. <laughs> um would would not bother me in the in the least. He's always so fun with that. All right. Uh, any uh, other lessons? I do have the rate. Uh, so I do have the uh, yeah the TV ratings if you want them. TV ratings. Okay, mm. sure. Well, we, we, it's replaced the silver survey. Okay. <laughs> uh, the overnight viewers for uh, Twentica uh, was uh, eight hundred and ten thousand. Okay. Is that good? Bad? Um, that compares. To um, the Dave's other new program, which is 
Daryl O'Brien to go 8-bit, which had an overnight of 350,000. Okay. Cool beans. So, let's see. I think, uh, I think then we have done it, guys. We've done, we've done feedback, we've done reviews, we've done quotes. I think we've recorded an episode of the intro cast. Yes! <laughs> All right. Uh, we well, were rusty, you guys. I know. But it's, it's <laughs> it'll take, take a few episodes to get back and running. We'll get there, we'll get there. I don't um, know. It sounds like you've never been away. <laughs> well, Tim, I'm glad that you could join us. Uh, Tim, are, are, is Pleasure. there anywhere else uh, one might hear you online? Anything that you would like to uh, promote or pitch? Well, there's there's nobody else you can hear me online at the moment. Um, I used to do a music podcast called The Weekly Showcase where I played unsigned um, artists and bands. Um, I plan to bring that back and release old episodes of it uh, because the original episodes have been taken down because the site closed, but I've still got them uh, saved on, on my computer. Um, but I'm also hovering about around about Facebook where I manage quite a few um fan groups mainly based around british comedy so you've got the red dwarf posse a real red dwarf fan group um and red dwarf spoiler in discussion i'm also part of a fan group for the program bottom which uh is Uh. called the official unofficial bottom fan group page and i also run my own fan group for uh fans of father ted called my lovely horse so join those if you like oh, those programs. I was wondering if you were going to mention the bottom. Uh... I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay so, if you're not. <laughs> do you do, uh, have you ever done any shows about uh, Sarah Vicker will not be going to Tottenham today? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our made up British comedy. Sorry, Vicker. We will not be going to Tottenham today. Ah. Sorry. Recycling an old joke there. Yeah, no, yeah, I've got to say no, not as such. Would or you like a, a cup of tea? What was uh oh what was Paul's um spin off of that? Oi copper, you've set on me Sony. Bar- yes, yes, Bar- yes. Bar- yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, things that sound like they could be shows, but aren't. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, uh, we will be back. And uh, hey, Shane, what's the episode title for uh, episode two? Uh, very, good, very, very good question. Um, Samsara. That's a weird episode title. Say that, say that again. Samsara. 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 All right, love. What, what do you think that one's about? Um... Um, How's it spelled? I'm Samsara. S A M S A R A. Oh, so like Sam and Sarah together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. The conspiracy continues. There will be like five rumors. They'll be running around. No one will know who's the right one. Actually, in the opening credits, there is a scene that has like four rimmers doing a barbershop quartet. It looks like. Yes. That was the bit I was gonna. T- I wanted to talk uh, to tell you about when you said. Yeah, you- I had. I had said there was some clony I- goodness in there. Yeah. 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 And yeah. also, it had uh, it had cat wearing a bonnet and shooting people, and so it may be 
that Cat uh, has the same madness that that River got with uh, with Mr. Flibble that later on fun. too. Oh. So so there's there's my other guess, but yeah, I I do feel like just because Lister is punching a pineapple, at some point there's going to be a polymorph, but we'll we'll see. I don't think it's going to be in the second episode. Um, as far as what Samsara is, Samsara, uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that they meet somebody named Sam who randomly changes into his evil twin sister, Sarah. And so they go by Sam, Sarah. And so it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. And then they have to shoot him out of an airlock. I like it. Okay, there we go. Probably not at all correct. All right. Uh, so until next time, guys, we will be back. And uh, how did we end off? I forget our tagline. I mean, I know we said bye, um, but I felt like there was something else. Join us next time. Yeah. Oh, email, email address. Email address. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. There we go. I knew I was forgetting something. It didn't feel right. So you can email us at um, the, <laughs> Line. the red. The Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com, I think. And I'm going to Google that to be sure. Yes. Send us an email at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. You can easily find our Facebook group, The Red Dwarf Introcast. Um, our podcasts do pop up on iTunes. I haven't checked to see if the one that I posted has popped up yet. Um, but you can also find a link to them from our Facebook group. We uh, host on archive. Uh, .org, which is a really great thing. So you can just download all the back episodes forever and ever. And yeah, uh, we would love to hear your feedback and listening and whatever else you have to say to us. And of course, next time we'll be joined by Nutty. Yay, Yay Nutty! And we will be recording from a friend's house in Atlanta who's going to let us crash at his place and record a podcast because we'll be at a convention. <laughs> so Yay! <laughs> we're the worst we are but we have good friends who yes. who en- enable us in our terrible addictions so like yes. podcasting <laughs> alright see y'all next time bye 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 bye